at Mitchell and Webb Sound, starring David Mitchell and Robert Webb, with James Barkman, Olivia Coleman, and Sarah Hadland. Philip? Lionel? You know all the Gurkhas. All the... Gurkhas, all the Gurkhas. You know all the Gurkhas. Oh, the Gurkhas weren't allowed in. The government lost a vote, and now the Gurkhas are allowed in. The whole Gurkha thing. Yes, the whole Gurkha thing. You know, when I think about the way the government has handled the whole Gurkha thing, it makes my blood boil. Me too. I'm livid. I'm livid too. I mean, of course they shouldn't be allowed in. Thank you. Government caving in? We're full up. You can't come in because there isn't any more space for Gurkhas. Britain is full of Gurkhas. Have you been to Wandsworth recently? The place is swarming with Gurkhas. Oh, sorry. Did you say Wandsworth or did you mean the London borough of Kathmandu? <laughs> exactly. The second one. And you see them just hanging around the shopping centres, acting all loyal and tenacious. In those hats. In those hats. Now, Philip, I'm going to take this opportunity to make it quite clear that I am not a big racist. Yes. I wish Frank Bruno well, and I enjoyed the film Gandhi. Me too. <laughs> and as you know, I do not have a racist bone in my body. Especially, and I have said this on countless occasions, the bone that black people have in their foot for winning the 100 metres. <laughs> but there is simply no room for all the Gurkhas. How many are coming over? Joanna Lumley says it could run into loads. My God. <laughs> Philip, where are we going to put loads of Gurkhas? Lionel, I don't think there is anywhere. Just to put this in some kind of perspective, the Darlington Arts Centre seats loads of people. But you simply can't put the Gurkhas in the Darlington Arts Centre because Richard Digence is in it. <laughs> I hate Joanna Lumley. What Joanna Lumley fails to realise is that if we let the Gurkhas in, we'll have to let all the other martial races in. You'll have to let the Amazons in. You'll have to let the Spartans in. You'll have to let the Germans in. Philip, you're talking my language. It's the only one I know. <laughs> Philip, you know Gurkhas carry ceremonial knives? Yes. Do you know what that knife is called? No. What? A kukri. Kukri? Kukri. But don't they know... That we've already got a word that sounds like that and it means the heated preparation of food. <laughs> no, apparently not. But think of the confusion. How do you mean? Well, you could turn up to a cookery course thinking it was a cookery course. I hadn't even thought of that. I mean, you'd go in wanting to learn how to make a shepherd's pie and come out knowing how to bear arms on a battlefield with discipline and economy. <laughs> or even worse, in the confusion of war, you could mix up the words cookery and cookery and go into conflict carrying a stir-fry having eaten a plate of knives. That would be ridiculous if it wasn't so bloody terrifying. Philip, my great-grandfather did not fight in two world wars. Possibly alongside the Gurkhas. For me to have to live alongside the Gurkhas. Don't let in all the Gurkhas. Britain is full up. There's no room. We're overcrowded. I can barely move. There's no room. <laughs> Pub's empty today, isn't it? Should get busy around lunchtime. Yeah. <laughs> compare, compare, compare.com Hey, I just saved eight pounds on my car insurance. I saved nine on mine, and it only took an additional five hours of my own life. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Wherever did you go? To. Compare, compare, compare. That's where! Got endless time to waste in a desperate effort to save a few quid on something dull but necessary? Then go to comparecomparecompare.com, Britain's favourite price comparison website comparison website. We've compared literally tens of price comparison websites so that you don't have to. Then all you need to do after comparing with us is compare with them, knowing that their comparing is slightly better than the comparing you might have been involved with elsewhere. Not only that, we'll then compare ourselves with other price comparison website comparison websites, and when we're happy with that, we'll do a quick check to make sure there's nothing else left to compare. 
because comparing's what we do, and if there's anything around anywhere remotely left to compare, we want to make damn sure we're in there comparing it. <laughs> and kids, why not visit comparecomparecompare.com slash Parison, our fun new comparing website, where you'll find lots of comparing-based trivia and games. And we've compared it to other comparison-based trivia sites, and there really is no comparison. I'm joking, there's always a comparison. <laughs> it doesn't stop. By the time you've finished with us, you'll wish there was no internet, no phones, and ultimately no choice. And that instead, you had to spend the whole day traveling between several high street insurance brokers to get a comparable amount of comparing done. But at least you'd get to go outside. Compare, compare, compare.com. Want to compare stuff without us, do you? Hey, do you? Well, do you? Just try it. <laughs> Thanks for organising the party. No problem. Did you have a good birthday? You got some great presents. Yeah, but there was also one really naff one. It's from Alan. It's one of those things where they name a star after you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, they're so pointless, aren't they? I bet they just make it up. I mean, who's going to check which star's theirs? Yeah, waste of money. Come in. Are you busy, President Zavijib? Fairly busy, Draco Max. I am the president of this entire planet, after all. What do you want? The sun around which our world orbits has been given its new name, Your Excellency. Oh, good. Yes, it is to be known henceforth as Claire Cooper. Right. I don't really like it. How much money did we make? 69 Earth pounds and 99 Earth pence. <laughs> This is not exactly going to plug the black hole in our finances. You know, we could always... What? Well, we could try selling the name again on another planet. They won't know the difference. Good heavens, no. That would be dishonest. We have made a commitment to call our son Claire Cooper, and Claire Cooper it shall remain. Very well, Your Excellency. Do we have any other business? You are scheduled to make an official visit to the agricultural zone of the southern provinces tomorrow. Good. Do we know what the weather will be like? The forecast is for scattered showers with intervals of Claire Cooper later. <laughs> Twelve celebrities. We took them and we cut their legs off. <laughs> then we grafted their torsos onto the torsos of horses. <laughs> then we set them free in a wood. Now you will decide who will become the winner of Make Me a Celebrity Centaur. Dear one, and Paul from Hollyoaks is not happy. I'm not happy. Everyone else has been grafted onto a horse torso that's the same sex as them. I've got a lady horse torso. I mean, what's that all about? Lembit Opit keeps trying to mount me. Well, the horse part of him does. Clearly, Lembit's as embarrassed about it as I am. Tito and David Van Dee are by the big rock talking about glamour model Danielle. Look at her cantering around like she's the best centaur ever. Who is she, anyway? Oh, oh, here we go. Off comes the top. She's got a plan. Take it easy, David. You know, we're under a lot of stress here. What with the cameras and the tasks and the having our legs removed and our bodies grafted onto the bodies of horses. <laughs> it's going to take time to find our feet. I mean, hooves. Dear three, and the celebrity centaurs have all gone to the magical cave for nominations. <laughs> I'd like to nominate David. He failed the archery task. Um, we've just been eating hay ever since. The other camp have got sugar lumps, oats, apples, lug. It's just not fair. 
This is so hard, but I'm gonna have to nominate Sue. She's pretty much screamed and cried since she got here, and she keeps saying things like, oh my God, oh my God, my legs, I hate this, I wanna die. And <laughs> she's really kind of draining to be around. I'd like to nominate Lembit because, well, because he's still mounting me, basically. <laughs> I've got a girlfriend at home, what's she gonna think? Day 18, and the celebrities have started to reject their grafted-on horse bodies. Tito, Paul and Carol's horse bodies have already died. I guess it's pretty hard, you know, having to drag a massive horse carcass around behind you. Um, it makes some of the tasks really challenging, uh, especially those involving upper body strength or running. But, uh, hey, we had some letters from home earlier which really cheered us up. This one's for Dean, it's from your mum. Well done, son. We're so very proud of you. Me and Dad think you're a brilliant centaur. By the way, your agent rang. They've already cast Harry Potter, and anyway, they do all the centaurs on computer. Oh, typical. But keep going. We love you. We know we didn't want you to have your legs removed and replaced with a horse's body, but now we think it's brilliant. <laughs> Dear 21, most of the celebrities have had to be put down due to acute septicemia, leaving only David and Tito. Who will be crowned Lord of the Forest? Ah, ah. David? David? I guess his little human heart was too small for his big horse body. Does this mean I win? If you'd like to take part in the next series, Make Me a Celebrity Minotaur, call this number now. I'm Lord of the Forest. <laughs> Congratulations, Tim. You are now officially a weatherman. Oh, I feel absolutely fantastic. I can't believe I passed the practical exam. Well, we were particularly impressed by your lilting intonation and your ability to stop. One sentence in a weird place and run the next one on. Also, your <laughs> skill at gesturing at stuff that isn't there was fantastic. <laughs> Not everyone can hit Salisbury first time, but you aced it. Brilliant, thank you. <laughs> Firstly, we'll just take you on a tour of the meteorological building, let you get a feel of where everything is. Great. Then I think I'll get you in front of the camera, do a few dummy forecasts, so you can get comfortable for your first broadcast. Brilliant. Then we'll present you to the almighty, all-knowing weather brain. Blessed be his weather-predicting lobes. I'm with you. <laughs> that should just about take us up to lunchtime, which I believe today is lasagna. Right, sorry to backtrack here, but um, could you perhaps just run through the whole weather brain part again? We have to go and worship in front of the weather brain. Very, very standard weatherman stuff. I see. And the weather brain is... A giant pulsating brain which predicts the weather for us. <laughs> right. Um, I thought we sort of studied weather patterns, air pressure, that sort of thing. <laughs> yep, a common misunderstanding. In fact, we get all our information from the weather brain, and in return, we worship it like a god, forsaking all other false deities and make offerings of sacrificed mammals in its name. <laughs> Glory be to the weather brain. Sacrifices? Oh, nothing too heavy. Mainly goats, the occasional dog. Very, very few human babies. Babies? <laughs> Hardly any babies at all. Honestly, after your third or fourth baby, you'll wonder what the big old fuss was about in the first place. No, 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 I want out. OK, that's fine. It, it's not for everyone, the life of a TV weatherman. All you have to do is sign a few boring legal forms, hand in your badge, and lastly, fight the weather studio tiger. A tiger? I can't fight a tiger. Few can, Tim. We gaffer tape some knives, screwdrivers, sticks, basically anything pointy to the head and torso of the studio tiger and have it run at you until one of you ceases to move. Right. Well, what are we waiting for? Hand me a goat and let's go meet the weather brain. Terrific. Though today is a baby day. Yeah, I thought it might be. <laughs> move your head, Josh. I can't see the TV.
Josh, how many times has Mummy told you to take your shoes off when you come in through the garden? I did. Because who do you think cleans up your dirty footprints you leave on the carpet? The magic cleaning fairy? Mummy, I took them off. I did. Look. Well, I don't understand it then. Because it's not as if anyone else in this house is silly enough to tramp mud across clean carpets. Only a seven-year-old boy would be that thoughtless. But I didn't. That reminds me, Joshy. Did you go into my study again today? No, Daddy, I didn't. Somebody did, Josh, and someone moved a lot of stuff around. I didn't. I couldn't anyway. Only you and Mummy have the keys. Was it Mr Nobody then? Because even though Mr Nobody tried very hard to put things back where he found them, Daddy has secret ways of knowing when people have been reading through all the papers in his drawers. Daddy, I didn't. I hate reading. And incidentally, Josh, Daddy knows when Mr Nobody's been looking through his computer files as well. I didn't! No, Mr Nobody isn't quite as clever as she thinks she is. He is. You know, it's very naughty to tell lies, don't you, Josh? I'm not telling lies, I'm not! And it's also very naughty to look through other people's private things. I never! So, suppose you were to tell me you were never going to play with your little friend Annika again. Suppose you were to promise me that faithfully. Who's Annika? Because... <laughs> Because trust is a very, very important thing, Josh. And if you go looking through people's private things like a sneak thief, how can we trust you? I didn't! And then, if I were then to find all these messages to you from Annika asking you to come and play with her in Harrogate during your conference... Also, people who read other people's private things don't necessarily understand what they're reading. Then I'd be very disappointed and upset with you, Josh. They tend to leap to stupid conclusions, Josh. And then they look very silly. Very silly and stupid indeed. I did <laughs> All right, then. Well, make sure you don't. By the way, Andrew, did you stuff a plastic soldier in the DVD player? Guilty as charged. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the old lady job justification hearings... Hello, dear. Do have a seat. Now, then, what do you do? I'm in PR. Ooh, PR. What does that mean? It stands for public relations. Oh, yes. And, and what does that mean? Well, it means uh, improving relations with the public, you know, uh, PR. You must know what PR is. No, sorry, dear. Perhaps you'd better explain it to us. That's what we're here for. Uh, well, for instance, I uh, write a press release about new products that people might want to buy. Oh, I see. You're in advertising. No, no, no. Other people write the adverts. I write about the adverts. So you're a journalist, then? Uh, no. I tell journalists about the adverts about new products. Uh, <laughs> and then they write about them, hopefully. You don't write the articles? No, I write the press release. That sounds a bit like an article. Yeah, I suppose. And a bit like an advert. Yes. So, you don't write the adverts, or the articles about the adverts, you write the bit in between? <laughs> yes. Sorry, just explain to me again, why does there need to be a bit in between? Yes, couldn't a journalist just look at the adverts and then write about the products? <laughs> yes, but, but they probably wouldn't unless PR people encourage them to. So you encourage people. That, that's nice. Although, I was just wondering, why are the journalists writing about the adverts at all? I mean, don't they normally write about the economy and important world events? Well, some of them do, yes, but sometimes it's easier for them to write about new chocolate bars and motorbikes and things, or, or at least about the way people are selling the new things, and I help them to do that. That sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? <laughs> no, dear. Not ridiculous. It just sounds like a funny way to spend a life. Shall I go and find a more useful job? 
I would, dear. Maybe you can decide whether you want to work in advertising or be a journalist. I'd be a journalist if I were you. Or open a little shop. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Go on, have a mint before you go. <laughs> This film has been classified 33A. It may contain scenes of a mature nature that will not be appropriate for younger viewers. There may be a mild interest in pensions and financial planning. <laughs> Darling, have we used up our ISA allowance this year? Some knowledge of wine and ability to complain. Actually, I think that's a little bit vinegary. Do you mind opening another bottle? Not at all, sir. Scenes of mild DIY in which people prepare things properly rather than just rushing into it and then actually wash the brushes afterwards. Oh, I think we should really prepare these walls properly first. Good idea. I'll get the sugar soap. You put Radio 4 on. And increased enthusiasm for National Trust properties. Look at that castle. What a beauty. Fudge. Oh, better not and a greater understanding of laundry. Natalie, did you tumble dry these? It says not to tumble dry them. Warning, if watched after 10.30, this film may cause drowsiness. <laughs> it's a new twist on an old favorite now on BBC One as the music of the Mississippi Delta is combined with the inspiring rhetoric of Malcolm X in The Black and White Panther Show. <laughs> All right, all right, a little bit of hush, please. Warren, that includes you. I'm sorry to have had to call you all here again, and I know it's your lunch hour, but this really is something that needs clearing up, so to speak. I think you ought to remember that a lot of people would love to work here. We've laid on a lot of perks, health insurance, a gym membership, subsidised canteen, and, of course, the Stargate. Yay. Yeah, all right. Well, I'm, I'm glad you feel that way, because it's come to our attention that some of you... And I can't believe I'm having to say this. Some of you have been doing what I can only describe as weeing <laughs> into the Stargate. <laughs> Look, I've prepared a fact sheet about what to do if you're caught short in the workplace, which I'm going to hand round. Leonard, can you take one and pass it on? No, I can't. Well, why on earth not? Got wee on my hands. <laughs> right, well, well, that brings me to another salient point. I'm sure it hasn't escaped your notice, but there isn't a basin by the Stargate. Don't need a basin. You can use the vertical glowing water. It, it is not water. It is vertical dimensional fluid. It has no power to clean, and to my knowledge, that fluid has never been changed. <laughs> It'll make your hands dirtier, if anything, which is the reason we've had to take away the complimentary bowls of Maltesers. Oh. Well, well, you've brought it on yourselves. Weeing into the Stargate is not only unhygienic for the aliens, who reliably inform me that they've had to put buckets down at their end, <laughs> but it's insanitary for us, too. I shouldn't be surprised if all this Stargate micturation wasn't the cause of that outbreak of intergalactic alien space flu we had last month. All right? So can we consider the matter closed? Any questions? Can we still poo in it? <laughs> no. No, and Barry... I know you've been very lonely since the divorce and the Stargate. <laughs> it's very shiny and beguiling, and Lord knows there are times we all yearn for the comforting and unjudgmental touch of a tentacle from the other side of the universe. <laughs> but the Stargate is not to be used for that. <laughs> Thank you.
So, did you always want to be a shepherd? Nope. Sort of fell into it, to be honest. I come from a long line of coopers, so it was just assumed I'd carry on the family business. But I said, Mum, Dad, I don't just want to wind up ready in barrels and hooping firkins. I want to know who I am first. I want to take some time, see the world. And did you? Yep. Held the apprenticeship off till 1353 and took a gap year. Uh, <laughs> now, see, I wish I'd done that. Everyone should. Gives you a real sense of possibility, a taste of other cultures, broadens the mind. So where did you go? Other side of them trees. <laughs> wow. I've been to that fence, but... core. <laughs> that must be more than three miles. <laughs> and the rest. So, come on then. What's it like? Oh, mate, it's incredible. They've got this cheese there, right? And I'm not joking, it's very slightly different from ours. <laughs> Seriously? Seriously. They do things differently at the end of the road over there. I mean, the ale. Oh, you've never tasted ale like it. Although, to be fair, you will have tasted ale very similar. <laughs> what about the women? Hey. <laughs> hey. The women? Well, I won't say too much, except there are 43 of them. <laughs> 43 women. Whoa! Makes our 38 look like some sort of wimple drought. <laughs> what are they like? They're dark and exotic and mysterious. Like our women? Yeah, but get this, with a different surname. Wow! <laughs> yep, it's a pretty special place. I always say, you haven't lived until you've sat down and watched the sunset from just over there. <laughs> And now on CBeebies, hooray! It's time for Christopher Hitchens Hour! Good morning, children. Sorry about last week, I got a bit carried away again. Well, today's story, you'll be unsurprised, but hopefully not entirely unprovoked to hear, once again pertains to the uses and limitations of liberal interventionism in the light of the current Wahhabi threat. Once upon a time, I know you'll forgive the cliché, it's just a matter of generic decorum, there was an unhappy, ugly monster called Henry Kissinger, and here he is. <laughs> Henry was so ugly and so unhappy that he decided to start an obscene war in Indochina. Um, not quite sure how to dramatise that, but uh, you get the drift. And just then, a handsome young prince called Thomas Jefferson arrived and pointed out to Kissinger that his actions were a supine betrayal of the principles on which their great nation had been founded. But would Kissinger listen, children? No! No. <laughs> no, indeed. Kissinger wouldn't listen, and so Thomas Jefferson had no choice but to call in airstrikes from the brave men and women of the 101st Airborne Division. Now, I'm using my Zippo lighter here, but matches will do just as well. Leaving Kissinger, to perish in a toxic conflagration of his own wretched vice. That's right. Well, that's all for this time, children. Until next time, question absolutely everything apart from when it's safe to cross the road and the efficacy of eating vegetables. Good morning. Um, sorry, Joyce, I've, I've set fire to the studio again. Hey. <laughs> My dear Winterton, I trust you and and your dear wife are in good health, and that bah! Oh, come on, Clifford, do not be so foolish. And that both she and ah! Come, come, it is but a word. And you enjoyed both your stay with us and also ah, no! 
No, it is useless, useless. I cannot bring myself to write that accursed word one moment longer. Husband, husband, what is the matter? Oh, your letter to the Wintertons in tatters. Let it lie in tatters, Eunice. I shall forswear writing. Oh, Clifford. Forswear it, I say, rather than waste another second scribbling that ubiquitous syllable. What do you mean? And, Eunice. The word and, 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 and. How much of my life has been lost in slave-like service of the perpetual reiteration of that three-letter taskmaster. Oh, if only there was an alternative. Oh, dear heart. Mr. Ampersand, Mr. Ampersand. Not now, Kemp. This is a private matter. Return to your ostling. Sorry, Mrs. Ampersand. Only I heard the commotion from downstairs and... It is nothing, Kemp. Nothing. Return to your... Oh, this word! What word? And how I hate to write it. <laughs> Kemp, be gone. Sorry, Mrs. Ampersand. I shall fetch you some ketamine, dearest. <laughs> oh, if only there was another way. Another way. <laughs> Mr. Ampersand, sir. <laughs> What is it, Kemp? Apologies for returning to you, sir, when you're all... Ooh. But, well, <laughs> only I had this idea. Idea? Yes, sir. I was wondering, well, maybe you could invent something. Invent? Yes, sir. To save time writing and, like you said, only Mrs. Kemp and myself, well, it's a silly story, really, and I wouldn't wish to bore a man of your standing with it, Mr. Ampersand, but... Go on. Well... We had the same problem. With the word and? Oh, no, no. Evans, no, sir, no. At. <laughs> Me and Mrs Kemp were so busy, what with all the ostlin, well, we never really could find the time to write the word at out in full, if you get me. I get you all too well, Kemp. So, what we did was, well, we came up with a sign, I suppose you call it. A sign? Yeah, to use instead. Silly little thing it was, but it helped me and the missus no end. All the time we've saved, maybe one day we'll have an holiday. <laughs> well, I just thought maybe you could invent something like that, Mr Ampersand. You know, for your and. What, what did you call this sign? Didn't really have a name, Mr Ampersand. <laughs> it was just, you know, an at sign. For me and the missus. Here, let me show you. Please. See, instead of writing the wasp at the end of the lane, say, you use this symbol, a sort of letter A in a circle, like, and... Good heavens! <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the other thing. For some reason, it turns blue. Alpersand, old boy. Whatever is the ruckus. <laughs> oh, oh, nothing, Jeremiah. My ostler has been showing me a wonderful new device of his. Kemp, allow me to introduce my good friend, Mr. Jeremiah Internet. <laughs> Pleased to meet you, Mr. Internet, I'm sure. A device, eh? Oh, nothing really, sir. Just something to save time with writing the word at. You know how it is. Turns the writing blue, Jeremiah. <laughs> I see. Pish! An amusing enough diversion, I dare say, but no practical value. Ampersand, are you in the habit of socialising with the help? I'd best be going, sir. Very pleased to have met you, Mr. Internet. Meh. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll just take the paper then and... Uh... uh, no, Kemp. I think perhaps it would be better if you left that paper with me. <laughs> <laughs> uh... 
That Mitchell and Webb Sound starred David Mitchell and Robert Webb with Olivia Coleman, Sarah Hadland, and James Bachman. It was written by David Mitchell, Robert Webb, Jason Hazley and Joel Morris, Jonathan Dryden Taylor, Simon Kane, Kieran Self and Giles New, Eddie Robson, Jim Smith, Carrie Quinlan, Matthew Stott, Toby Davis, Chris Pell, and John Finnemore. The producer was Gareth Edwards. Thank you.